government shutdown, Speaker Kevin McCarthy says, this is a whole new concept of individuals who just want to burn the whole place down. Well, is it radical to shut down a radical government, my fellow Americans? How many times has Congress passed a budget on time? How long has the U.S. been on a continuing resolution? Economic forecaster David Tice gives a dire warning to Americans on what is to come for their economic future. And then a staggering 95% of federal employees donate to Democrats and only a small 5% support Republicans. As Trump discovered, the bureaucratic state is in complete control of this government. How do the American people wrestle back control from a runaway, out-of-control government? Dr. Mark Sherwood, Jordana Schifanelli, Michael McCarthy, an expert panel of leaders are here to discuss the biggest challenges facing America. Viewpoint this Sunday is next. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the Weekend News Magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. It is Malcolm all out here. Well, October 1st deadline is coming pretty quick now. Funding the government is uh, the biggest story in the neighborhood, to be sure. Uh, And people are wondering what really happens. We've been through this kind of thing before. Uh, They tend to always, at some point, come together. Sometimes it's been out there a little bit. It's gone on for weeks and weeks, but uh, uh, they they typically come to some sort of order. There are people right now wishing and hoping maybe they don't come to some kind of order. (laughs) Potentially, uh, hard to say. Uh, right now, they're uh, looking for a continuing resolution, but a couple of quick facts for you, and then we'll get started here. Uh, we ask ourselves, uh, is this business as usual? This has become business as usual for this government, to be sure. There have been 47 continuing resolutions uh, just in the last uh, 12 years. Uh, they range from one to 176 days. Uh, these uh, uh, shutdowns, if you will, and on three uh, occasions, uh, 2014, 18, and 19, no CR was approved, uh, resulted in a shutdown. This is from the Government Accountability Office. How many times has Congress passed a budget on time, you asked? Well, uh, they've completed appropriations before the start of the fiscal year only four times in the past four decades, 40 years. Uh, the last time Congress completed all the bills was over 20 years ago. Now, let's start right there now and and uh, bring on David Tice joins me. And uh, great to have David in here. He's just uh, got a great backdrop as an economist. He's been watching this stuff for years, and he's a money guy. Um, And uh, David, good to have you on the broadcast here, sir. So good to be with you, Malcolm, and all your smart listeners. Oh, they are. People that listen to talk radio are indeed smart, to be sure. All right, let's start with this business as usual or not. This has become really uh, just familiar ground with the CRs, kicking the can down the road, not doing budgets. It's become part of the apparatus of how they operate up in Congress. 
Uh, and now here we are again in, in the ninth inning on a possible shutdown. It's pretty dysfunctional, David. Uh, what are your thoughts on these co- constant CRs, no budgets, and operating this in a regular uh, form? Well, it's incredibly inefficient, and it's simply just power of politics. And as you said, we've seen this time and time again. And so we've seen Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. I mean, we went through this only a few months ago with the debt limits, and he ended up buckling where some Republicans wish that he wouldn't have. So I have a feeling it's going to get sorted out. There'll be lots of gnashing of teeth or lots of deadlines. There'll be lots of, you know, stock market declines as people worry about it. Mm -hmm. But it's probably going to get settled. But it's completely dysfunctional. Right now at this point, looking at everything that is and the fight from left to right, and and we're looking at uh, the Republicans want budget cuts. They want more money for the border, uh, law enforcement, this kind of a thing that they're fighting for. Uh, these are things that Biden does not want. It doesn't want any part of that. Uh, is a government shutdown right now a good thing or a bad thing for the country, really? Well, it's it's a bad thing eventually. But, you know, the good thing would be that our policies from the right are invoked. But unfortunately, the left doesn't want to go there. And therefore, it's going to be a huge battle and there will be some kind of compromise. And we have this Ukrainian issue that's also dividing mm-hmm. Republicans even. And then we have the impeachment issue. So there's a lot of complexity work here. Yeah, there, there are some uh, of the Republicans don't won't. They've come out and said in past days they won't for, vote for any budget or CR with Ukrainian money in it. There are those taking a stand for that now. But what do we really fix with this if they just come to some sort of resolution, but yet it's a temporary, it's a CR, it's just, a, again, it's a continued resolution. It just pushes it a little more. What do we, you know, when do we draw a line in the sand, I'm asking? Uh, you know, when I ask, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, you know, and back to compromise or not, uh, are we kind of, I'm thinking about this moment, are we kind of getting a little bit beyond even compromise at this point? I mean, do you believe... The government is as dysfunctional as a lot of people think it is. And this business decorum is not uh, the way they function and doing business is is not a good um, vision for this nation. And I mean, it, it, maybe what about a line in the sand right now? What if they really push hard against this left, this leftist takeover that's happening? What do you think of that? Maybe that's the way it should be done. And what you're talking about dysfunctional we are i mean it's obvious to both the right and the left this is dysfunctional and we see uh just talking politics a little bit about the biden uh impeachment issue i mean look at all the evidence that we have of criminality there and yet you know the democrats are still voting on party lines and it looks like there's uh there's going to be lots of gnashing of teeth, and I'm not sure anything happens there either. There's never been such a divide between right and left. And uh, potentially, we should just go all the way to the mat and say, we're not going to take it anymore. That's that's the real crux of this thing. Thank you for bringing that out. That's what I'm wondering. And I'm just wondering if other people are thinking this way, because surely... I've been pretty out loud uh, on my daily broadcast about this point. At some point, we got to stop the insanity 
is the point. And we are in the insanity deal right now. I mean, and I think people can feel it and everybody knows it. They talk about it all the time, uh, but yet nobody wants to take the bull by the horns. Now, let me give you an example. The congressman out of Montana, uh, Representative Matt Rosendale says, in, I quote, a CR is a continuation of Nancy Pelosi's budget and Joe Biden's policies. We were assured in January that we weren't going to use the Democrats gimmicks to fund the government. Yet here we are. That kind of plays to the point. Some of them are pretty fed up, David. You know, you can see that comment right there. And that's being echoed from even Matt Gates is another one that's drawn a hard line. And there are many of others. You know, the media calls them extreme. It's now extreme to follow constitutional order. It's now extreme to want to try to balance a budget. It's now extreme to have any sovereignty in the country and protect the borders. What do you say to that? I mean, it is extreme. And we, uh, the American people are ticked off. The Republicans are ticked off. I remember the famous movie from 1973, Network, uh, where the broadcaster, Howard Beale, I think was his name. And he said, we're mad as hell. We're not going to take it. Yeah. And frankly, that's the way, you know, the Republicans are feeling right now. And, uh, it, it's going to be a mess, but it's going to be great theater. What can you say? Yeah, yeah, I love that when you bring up Matt as hell. I used to use that years ago. It's been a while, but it just kind of echo in my mind right now that people are oh, mad as hell, not going to take it anymore. Uh, maybe we have come to that tipping point right there. Many of the Republican lawmakers are worried about, of course, the fallout, which they always are. And I think and so uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says, and I quote, I think all of you know I'm not a fan of government shutdowns. Uh, I've seen a few of them over the years. They have never produced a policy change and they've always been elusive for Republicans politically. Now, that is indeed always been a fact because the media it, it already I can see all the headlines. I can see their copy. This is they set it up that way that it is because they're running the empire, basically. Um, so I think you ha that's kind of baked into the cake at this point. And I don't know if you can make these decisions based on who's going to get blamed, because that's always going to be the Republican Party. I don't think there's ever going to be a time, unless you replace all the media outlets, <laughs> they're going to blame the left, yes or no? No, that's, that's a huge issue, where the media is in this country and how they do lean left, and therefore... We, we know it's a uh, no-win situation for Republicans because they are going to get blasted. And when we have a shutdown and checks, you know, quit going out, et cetera, then talk shows are going to be, you know, ripping the Republicans. And the Democrats are saying, you know, well, the Republicans are keeping your checks from going out. And therefore, uh, Republicans are going to get blamed. And therefore, it's, it's, a, it's a royal mess. Yeah, well, uh, but again, if Americans, uh, I will say this to you, as I've talked about in the last couple of days, all of the polls show and indicate that um, American voters are really unsettled. 75%, three quarters of them believe that uh, not only is this all dysfunctional, but that they have no confidence in the trajectory of our nation. They're losing confidence, the American people are in this government. And we're seeing these polls of one after the next, after the next, after the next that indicate the vast majority of people are pretty fed up. So I don't know, there might be a tipping point there somewhere, David, uh, from the point of, you know, them blaming everybody and, and the checks going out are just the government workers. Frankly, we could use less of those, no? 
Uh, we definitely should. I mean, we we need a dramatic uh, curtailment of government spending. We've added two trillion dollars of debt under Biden just since he's been in office. We're at thirty three trillion dollars. We are uh, at a significant more than. 110% of GDP in terms of total government debt. Right. You know, we are at a very, very dysfunctional level. Yeah, I want to talk about the Trump factor just a moment here. The government shut down for 35 days during the Trump administration. Obviously, the majority of the public blamed Trump at that point, according to what the polls were saying again. Um, and uh, Trump was pushing for more security. It, it, this was very telling at that point. His big push was for funding for security of the U.S.-Mexico border. It's, isn't it odd how he was fighting like hell, even back then during his administration, to get it funded? The Democrats are trying to find every way to not fund it. Now it's the biggest catastrophe we have in our nation, that we have terrorisms, uh, terrorists, we have uh, drugs, we have criminals, we have migrants to the point we can't afford them. The economic and the Democrat mayors are launch, you know, lurching out and telling the government, Biden and governors, they can't afford it. There's nowhere to put these people. And yet they've got everything wide open and they're coming over by the boatloads. Isn't it telling that Trump was looking for this in the last shutdown? And that was kind of his big deal, which is what he ran in actually back in 2016 in that race. It's pretty telling right now, isn't it? Yes, it really is. And what's scary about, you know, the border crisis has been alerted to me that uh, a lot of these migrants coming in are not uh, just Mexicans. It's also Guatemalans and Venezuelans and, you know, various Middle other- Easterners, Europeans, uh, Africans. It's everything. It's the whole world. I'm telling you, Dave. Exactly. And and I think there's a lot of criminals coming in. I think there has been a, you know, the cartels are mm-hmm. helping facilitate bringing in bad guys. And we've seen stories in the Epoch Times about the number of essentially military aged men, single men coming across with similar yeah. backpacks and uh, Etc. I mean, that's a little scary because these could essentially be Spetsnaz type marauders that are sleeper cells ready to go at some point in the future. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I've had immigration experts on all over this topic in the past weeks here, uh, past days and weeks, actually. We're not taking this thing seriously. It's going to be a price to pay for this, isn't it? There definitely is. And it, it truly is a scary time. And therefore, uh, all I can say is say say your prayers and, you know, be informed. Tell your neighbors and your uh, good friends to wake up, you know, listen to Malcolm out loud and uh, get ready to vote and fight for uh, patriotism and liberty and yeah. you know, yeah. say your prayers. Just this past week here, uh, Donald Trump, I was just talking about him. He um, came out uh, uh, on McCarthy, his comments about the shutdown. And he said, and I quote, listen to this here, Dave. He said, Republicans in Congress can and must defund all aspects of crooked Joe Biden's weaponized government that refuses to close the border and treats half the country as enemies of the state. And this is these are his words. Trump it's hard to argue with what he says there because they are definitely thinking people are enemies of the state. And But he's saying, why are we funding, uh, you know, all of this stuff? 
and we need to close the border. So if Congress has the purse strings, and they do, they're the only ones who can appropriate this money. Why why doesn't the more all these Republicans and more the conservative movement and McCarthy, who is, you know, doesn't really uh wanna make waves, I guess, be the best way to put it. Well, I mean, doesn't he have a point, Trump? Well, Trump's policies always make sense. He's <laughs> exactly right about weaponized government in terms of what the FBI has done as far as uh, the raid on Milargo, uh, you know, indicting uh, Donald Trump, what's been done with Mike Pompeo, as well as Peter Navarro, you know, et cetera. You know, there's it, it's terrible the way uh, government has been weaponized. You know, uh, McCarthy had this interesting comment about burning the whole place down. He said, this is a whole new concept of individuals who want to just burn the whole place down. Uh, These are some of the new elected leaders in Congress who have been um, really tapped from their constituency to get in there and make serious change. In order to make serious change today, they call you an extremist. If you want anything that, as you just stated, David, would be an America first agenda or anything at all that would be, uh, you know, solid for uh, America first, uh, the uh, Make America Great Again campaign, it's extremist to these people. There's no love of country here. The White House came out and said, if extreme House Republicans fail to ram through their radical agenda, this is what they call it. These are their words, radical agenda to secure our border, put funding where I mean, this radical to these people. They plan to take their frustration out of the American people by forcing a government shutdown that would undermine our economy and national security, create needless uncertainty for families and businesses and have damaging consequences across the country. But if we are in a grave situation, you can't keep doing the same thing. I mean, radical or not, I would suggest to you it's time to get radical in America. I cannot dispute that at all, Malcolm. And let's just pray for wisdom and courage and that there is some rationality from the other side. But we, we, we certainly have been wrong in expecting that in the past. Yeah, do you think we're headed somewhere? When you just say what you say here, I feel like there's more to that story. Do you think we're as bad as it seems we are? Are we overstating anything? And do you feel these times call for some strong moves and what McCarthy says, burn the whole place down, but some radical adjustments to the way they do business for sure in the political spectrum. But, uh, you know, if this is as bad as it is, you know, what are the options, buddy? I I think we tried a lot of them and we we know the way this is going to end. It it will probably end with a lot of gnashing of teeth and, you know, probably, uh, 30, 45, 60 days of a shutdown, and then there there will be some kind of compromise. And then we'll we'll do the same thing again, you know, another year from now. Let's talk a moment about the economy, please. I need to get your perspective right now. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of people that are uh, really feel the um, both the internal and external signs and indicators are for those who look deep enough now, not not just on the surface here, that there's trouble, strong trouble just ahead. I know you, we've touched on that and you've had different feelings about it in, over the past year, but how do you feel now about what's in front of us, please, economically? So I believe that we're going to have a significant recession. 
we have an inverted yield curve. It's been inverted for, you know, I believe nine months or so. Uh, we always have a recession when we have an inverted yield curve, you know, which means that uh, short-term rates are higher than long-term rates, which is unusual. And we are going to have a recession. We are going to have a significant stock market decline. This last week showed, you know, a, a downdraft in the market. Uh, it's going to get bigger. You know, I'm expecting the stock market to be down uh, more than 25% over the next wow. couple of years, and it might be down more than 40%. They're going to do everything they can to stop it off. Can they, uh, it, you know, they do a lot of temporary measures and trickery to do that normally in politics. But I'm hearing things are bad enough. They're not going to be able to stop it off, even with this election, which would mean, which could be actually good news for the country. Back to being sucker punched and back to radical. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard myself say this, David, but this might be the most effective time to have a serious downturn to slap everybody upside down the head. Boy, that sounds radical, doesn't it, buddy? <laughs> Yeah, it does. So I'm a believer of the Austrian School of Economics that essentially mirrors physics, where the magnitude of a decline is proportional to the excesses created during the prior boom. And we've created so many excesses. And what government does is government typically does kick the can down the road with uh, printing money. And we have a punch protection team that prevents the market from declining too much. But essentially, there needs to be a cleansing. And economics mm -hmm. talks about when there are excesses, those excesses need to be wrung out. And therefore, recessions are good in terms of cleansing, you know, the excesses that, you know, need to be uh, corrected. In the last times we talked, you were sort of more, uh, a little more, um, not as fear. I don't remember you being as fearful about the economic immediate future. I, I, I don't know. I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm getting a little more sense from you now than I have in previous conversations about what we just said. Is that accurate or have I? No, you're exactly right. I am more fearful now and uh, I tend to be early in my prognostications about the market. Uh, and therefore, sometimes I realize that even though I know the market's going to decline, I feel like we might have a few more months where the can is kicked down the road. Now I'm feeling uh, a sense of immediacy that we're very, very close now. We've had the passage of time in terms of uh, a few more months have passed since the wow. yield curve has been inverted. I recently bought puts personally because I felt like the market was going to decline in the next few months. Wow. Wow. And, you know, people can't afford to buy houses. They can't get a loan. They can't. Uh, the rates are the, the Federal Reserve has been screwing with uh, American ingenuity. They've had their hands heavy on the scale. They've now flipped this thing to the other side. You, you people just can't. We're in sort of a status quo. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, don't move your life ahead. I mean, it's pretty sick, actually, what they're doing to this country, I think. Is, is that overstated at all? No, it's not overstated at all, Malcolm. And you talk such good sense. And, you know, you, you try to be, you know, measured in terms of 
you know, your comments and questioning yourself, but your instincts are right on. I mean, we are, you know, at a dire straight and frankly, don't question yourself. You're, you're on target. Wow. Yeah. You scare me just with that. They are, um, in, in a weird sort of way, I was hoping you might say you're out of your mind. Uh, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I, uh, because I do have a fear for what's just ahead, uh, for the American people, what, what do people really want to do? Just a summary, but what do people really want to do right now? We know what's coming. We can feel it. It's, it's well, it's like a Category 5 hurricane off the shore here that's coming on board. What do we do right now, ABC? So, so I would say uh, inform your friends, you know, get ready to vote, you know, work for candidates, uh, get involved in local politics, uh, say your prayers, watch our, put in a quick, uh, plug for my film, watch Grid Down, Power Up, where you can write your legislators, regulators, boards of directors, your public utilities about how we need to protect our power grid and, you know, get up every day and try to do the right thing. Amen. Grid Down, Power Up. What's the website, please? It's griddownpowerup.com. It's what I thought. Okay, griddownpowerup.com. This is a fantastic film, friends. Uh, this is the... Uh, uh, one of my biggest fears, actually, on the electrical grid and the dangers. David spent uh, some real effort in this thing. Oh, God, it escapes me right now. The main guy in the film that you have. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Quaid, 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 Dennis Quaid. Boy, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Uh, big Dennis Quaid fan. He does an awesome job there. Uh, next time when you come on, bring Dennis Quaid with you, with you will you please? <laughs> David, thank you for joining me, brother. Thanks, Malcolm. Uh, it is AmericaOutloud.news, friends, uh, is the site. We need everybody's help to get back there and share the out loud truth. These are very uh, serious times uh, in our nation. Also want to tell you about AmericaOutloud.shop is a fantastic place. If you have not been there, you'll want to visit. These are all the negotiated pricing of the, of the products you need to uh, fight the long COVID stuff, the vaccine injuries. And for all of us to live a happier, healthier life, which is one number one important. We, we don't have our health. We have absolutely nothing. We've all learned that through COVID, through this last fire drill, you know, but, but it is important. Okay, we have a very unusual uh, next part of the program. You will definitely want to hear an amazing panel discussion with some uh, national leaders. Uh, looking forward to doing this next piece. It's going to be really fun uh, and informative, to be sure. Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. 
For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and always a privilege to be with you on the mission. My fellow Americans, uh, welcome into the broadcast. Talking a fair amount about this government shutdown business, but really want to go further than that and really talk about the bureaucratic state as well. I've got a very interesting panel discussion here. I want to, I've got three incredible, enormous voices here that I'm excited to bring on. And let me just tell you who they are first. And then I want to start right with the government shutdown. Dr. Mark Shearwood joins us here. Now, he is a former 24-year police veteran, 10-year SWAT team, uh, 12 years with the, I love this, power team, bodybuilding champion, former professional baseball player. Oh, it was one of my favorites, baseball. And uh, 2022 Oklahoma gubernatorial candidate. Other than that, he's got nothing going on. Uh, Jordana Schifanelli is here as well, uh, attorney, economist, an adjunct professor of law and economics at the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. Been a strong voice, in, in, even in education, CRT, radicalization of our schools. And she was indeed a candidate for lieutenant governor of Maryland. And on the ticket with Dan Cox, an, an enormous voice. Michael McCarthy is here. He's a student of the free market economics. And actually, Mike foresaw the acceleration of big government's control, if you will, in politics and business. Uh, which is his driving force is a very successful author where he foretells what's coming in his prophetic novels. This is great stuff. So, Mark, Jordana, and Michael, welcome to the broadcast here. And let's get started here. I want to talk about the government shutdown right now. Mark, I want to go to you first, please, and ask you, without us getting too much into the weeds right now, based on everything you see right now, is a government shutdown good or bad for this country and is and is now the time to have this yes or no what do you think well the easy answer is no but i think the actual answer in my opinion is yes because we need to put our hands to the plow and figure out how to get out of debt sometimes reaching the bottom gives you an opportunity to really figure out new ways to reach the top yeah that is that is uh that was the sentiments of the economist actually up front i will i will divulge that with you a minute uh, Jordana, let me bring you in on this. I want to just do a quick round robin first before we dive into others. But same question. Is this the time? Do we need a government shutdown? Yes, no. We're yeah. We do need the government shutdown. We need to impeach Biden and we need to dismantle the waste and abuse 
that is leading this great nation into an economic disaster. We are losing dollar. We are losing our economy. We are losing our safety and security with open borders. So the best thing that can happen is to have government shut down and have a big major reset in what we are doing, why we are doing what we are doing, and how to get out of this mess wow. before it's too late. Wow. Michael, same thing. Is is this the time now? And uh, what do you think? Government shutdown. We haven't had a budget since 2009, and this will force Congress to sit down and cut the waste, cut the cut the nonsense out, and get us back to our constitutional roots. A lot of things like education and agriculture weren't in the Constitution, and yet we spend billions of dollars on these things today. So if things are this dysfunctional, Mike, let me stay with you a moment here. If things are this dysfunctional and they can't do the basics on what we ask them to do, what are we doing here? What what is what is this all about? How do we why have we lost so much control, we the people, of this runaway government? And why do we allow this to go on? What what's the reason? Well, according to one source I consulted, we haven't had a budget since 2009. Now you and I have to have a budget, and they've been running these deficits. If you and I go to the bank and want to borrow money, they say, sure, we'll loan you the money, but you have to pay interest. Congress borrows the money and you and I pay the interest. The interest is in the form of inflation. Uh, a gallon of gas uh, uh, was a lot cheaper three years ago before Biden took effect. I recently paid $3.59, which is a lot more than I used to pay. Well, that's the inflation charge. That's the interest charge. And the the shame of it is that they do this without asking we the people for our take on it or our permission, they just pass on the bill to us. All right, Jordan, I want to ask you here. They talk about who gets blamed for this kind of thing. It's always a big deal, okay? Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says, I think all of you know I'm not a fan of government shutdowns. I've seen a few over the years. They've never produced a, a policy change. And they've always been elusive for Republicans politically. We know it's kind of baked into the cake right now with the media. There's no question the Republicans will never win a shutdown in the lifetime of this thing. It's never happened. It's not going to happen. So should that be the predicate for whether we do it or not? I guess I would ask you, Jordana. But and I guess doing what we do here, getting the right word out to people to understand what the rules are, is important because you're surely not going to get that from the media. They're going to side with the Marxist left, right? Well, the question that I would throw back at was Mitch McConnell responding this after he was frozen or after he was not frozen and <laughs> got his mental capacity to respond coherently. He's been in this business and in this government for, what, 40 plus years? I think I am. My response is term limits, get him out there and let's vote these people who turned this government into their political enrichment so that we do get the voices we need. Right now, we don't have the voice. People of America do not have does not have they don't have a voice in in, uh, in the Congress. And when it comes to the House, they, there are some individuals, some congressmen that are trying to be our voice, such as uh, Rand Paul or uh, Matt Gates and others, but they are deemed to be radical and they're a minority of the voice. Three quarters of Americans in the polls of the last umpteen polls that even NBC News has done continue to say this. These are facts. Seventy five percent of Americans, three quarters of, of, of voters believe that this country is headed in the wrong direction. So that's the public 
let, let's just keep that over to the side here. That's how the public is thinking right now. So they can't like any of this out of what's transpiring here. If that's the case, the problem is the bureaucratic state, what we've got going on. Of, of the 2.2 million federal civil workers, only 4,000 are presidential appointees. The rest stay in their jobs with one administration to the next, protected by rules that make it nearly impossible to discipline or replace them. And, 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 and Mark, let me get you in here. A staggering 95 percent of, of, of these federal employees donate to political candidates to the left, leftists. Uh, this is well known. It's according to open secrets. Only a tiny 5 percent support Republicans. Federal workers in all these positions, including the high positions, slow walk or even derail anything the, uh, a, a Republican president would want. So somebody asked me the question the other day, Mark, why bother to vote if the left lean and deep state stays in charge no matter who the hell wins the presidency? Well, that's a hell of a question to ask, I have to tell you. And this is why uh, in Trump had an awful time in his four years. It's why they leaked. They had so many leaks. It was leaking like a sieve. He couldn't get anything done, and the bureaucratic state went against him. So what are we dealing with here, Mark? How serious is this with a bureaucratic state which is running us right into the ground that are controlled by far leftists, in many cases, communist leftists, throughout government? What do you think about that? Well, Malcolm, I believe your statistical poll you just uh, quoted says it all. 75% of this great country believe we're going in the wrong direction. And and I think it, it should be noted right now that what got us here is the forgotten concept of the Tenth Amendment, which basically states that the people are the governors of the government. And instead, over the course of time, we've allowed the bureaucratic state, if you will, this uniparty that's controlling us from a federal level. It's the wrong direction. That's like a child trying to control the parent. We've got to become the parents again and get the states and the people back. And so the most important people we can vote into office are certainly governors and sheriffs and ones that at least know the Constitution. So if we the people get back to that direction, if we do, then we'll have a chance. If we don't, we have no chance because of the point you just made about these political appointees that that will never allow a Republican leadership to truly lead in a Republican way. The other elephant in the room here, Michael, is going to be the Tenth Amendment. Back to Mark's points right there: the Tenth Amendment, states' rights, the local sheriffs, uh, the the you're, you're right, the local officials, the governors, states' rights getting control back because the majority of the country is indeed red, but the blue seems to be running the whole program and running the country adrift here. Um, let's talk about that uh, bureaucratic state and these comments about how would you deal with the bureaucratic state and what about that Tenth Amendment? Are we is that the new revolution that we're going to have to have? Yeah, if we adhere to the Tenth Amendment, the powers not delegated to the federal government remain with the people. So to cut that bureaucratic state, uh, Trump started and he uh, redesignated a lot of those jobs as not civil service, so they could be laid out, uh, laid off. Uh, Biden, of course, reversed that. Uh, way, way back in the time of Nixon, he actually impounded funds that the Congress had appropriated and just starve the beast to where you um, uh, have to lay these people off. And we could easily cut 30 to 35 percent of the federal government headcount and not see any difference. I lived through that 2013 shutdown and I didn't see any difference in the day to day functioning of my life when the government shut down for, uh, I forget, seven or eight days or whatever. 
and all the wailing about, oh, these poor federal employees, they won't get paid. They get their back pay when the when the budget is passed. So they're basically getting a paid vacation. Hey, you're off for the next week or two weeks until Congress passes this. And then as soon as Congress does, you'll get paid. So they, in the long run, they don't have a problem with this. Michael, let me ask you this here. Let me stay with you one moment here. Do you think in your heart of hearts that Republican leaders in the party throughout Congress, throughout the others, that the majority of those people... Do, do you think they understand and they really know how grave it is? Obviously, I've discovered by talking with a lot of them in recent weeks and months and years, they they can only say so much in the public. You always kind of know they're holding something back. Do they understand how grave this is in the country right now, do you think? No, I don't think they do, because uh, they're starting from from. Uh, from as things are right now, and they are not looking at the growth of the bureaucratic state over the past 30 years, as you pointed out. One of the things Congress could do is when they pass a law, they could stop delegating the rulemaking to these federal agencies. That's what strangles us. If they think they need to have a rule, let Congress debate it and the Congress pass it and an up or down vote where they have some accountability for passing all these rules about, oh, now we... Uh, I've got to regulate our ceiling fans because they might harm the environment and all this other bloody nonsense. It is a lot of people would suggest it is time to get a little radical with what's transpiring here. What I'm saying is, listen to me carefully, Jordana. If you're going to cut the bureaucratic state down, which we just discussed has to happen or we're screwed. Best way to do that maybe is keep a long, longer extended government shutdown out there. That would that would put this 900 pound gorilla on an immediate diet. And a lot of these people, I think, would get frustrated and leave the government. Couldn't that be a good thing? Maybe that's the way to get rid of the bureaucratic state. I think that would be one way to do it. Uh, I don't think our lives will stop. The schools are fully funded. The teachers are getting paid. The kids are going to school. Most people go to work. Um, without and unless you work for the federal government. Now, the question you asked whether people know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, what I can tell you, there is like a big polarization of the knowledge part, which is half the population who vote Democrat believe that that's a terrible thing. We're all going to die if there is a uh, if there's a government shutdown. And then there's a de uh, the other side of the of the aisle, the group of who are rational and say, we're not going to die. It's a good thing. And then there is a second part of that question, whether $33 trillion gorilla is a problem to our economy and our country or not. And I was amazed to see that there's a lot of liberal mainstream media who promote the idea that $33 trillion deficit is not a big deal. And there are, you know, fake numbers that this deficit is not a big deal. Our gross domestic product, I think it's about 25 trillion and our debt is 33 trillion. Our dollar has little to no value overseas. It's pretty bad. But yeah. to have to promote the idea that printing money that is worthless is yeah. not a big deal brings back and flashes back the memory when I grew up in Yugoslavia, where the inflation in 1994 was 330% per year. So that means we had inflation per second. And it didn't start out of nowhere and out of the blue, or it started creeping up like it's creeping up here. 
I think, you know, whether even if you had mocked a Republican president, a Republican House and a Republican Senate, people would think they're celebrating. But I got news for you. This bureaucratic communist state is a cancer within the United States government. Unless the Republican Party really comes to their senses and understand, and more than that, unless the patriotism and people who respect this country come to their senses and understand the fight ahead, I would suggest to you, Mark, that communism is well implanted here in this nation. It's going to take some serious uh, uh, efforts here to erode them out of our system. Uh, any final big thoughts of that that probably might even sound radical? Well, I think the the radical thing is, and it's not too radical to really think about it from a rational standpoint, is it, it's not about Republicans, it's not about mm -hmm. Democrats, it's about the people. When the people stand up and start speaking up and getting heard, and that's why I commend you for all you do, um, we have got to become active. That 75% you talked about has got to become active. And I've always proposed, don't donate to this federal nonsense anymore. Quit giving it this because it doesn't matter who you put there because of what you just said. Put your efforts into state and local and then you'll make a national impact. And I think that's the right way to go. I think that's the American way. And I think that's, frankly, the, the way our founders intended it when this, they developed this great United States of America. OK, there you go. All right. Two other big points I want to cover with you all here. This next one is on education. Uh, and uh, Mike, I want to touch with you briefly. And then I know this is a, a sweet spot for Jordana, uh, but the uh, education secretary, Miguel Cardona here, uh, he's been uh, well, he's uh, ripping up uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, misbehaving parents, as they're calling it here. Uh, and so he gave a, uh, an interview to the Associated Press here uh, uh, in about the state of education in the United States. He says he's never seen it like it is right now, the dysfunction of the parents that are fighting the system because, you know, they're getting out to the school boards and they're telling people what their truth is and they don't want the teachers unions and the rest of them running this thing. So he said just on this past Friday, he does not respect people who are misbehaving in public. These are the parents now, Mike, who are disbehaving in public and acting like they know what's right for the kids. How the hell do you top that comment, please? How dare they speak up for their own children? Don't they know that their children belong to the Soviet federal government who controls everything? This is this is the big lie we've been sold, and this is why we need to get rid of the Department of Education. It's not in the Constitution, and it's been the creeping cancer. They keep funneling money out to uh, local school districts, and it's the gateway drug, federal money. Once you take it, you're addicted. Then once you've got it, they'll threaten you. Oh, well, we'll take it away from you if there's a government shutdown or this or that. Do what we say. And so then they can blackmail you with it. So... Um, we've got to empower the parents. We've got to go back to, uh, as you say, on the local level, uh, or Mark was saying on the local level, um, yeah. elect uh, get, elect uh, conservative school board members to say, wait a minute, the parents are the boss. The parents decide what to be taught. And all this nonsense about them uh, having groomers who are grooming your children into uh, sexuality is not the business of the schools. They're what we used to call pedophiles. 
but they yeah. somehow legit made it. Mike, legit. I want to ask you something. Maybe uh, just a quick thought came to me just there. Maybe instead of calling it uh, conservatism or republicanism or any of that, think a moment here. Because politics is so offensive to so many uh, within the ideology, maybe we should really embrace the Americanism. America first. In other words, Americanism, uh, the country, 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 country. Maybe that's the best shot forward. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that would be a good idea because America was founded by people who were uh, made their own way. They did the hard work to build the country. They didn't. They taught their own uh, children to read and write and whatever. Uh, they formed their own uh, local. So maybe we pull the Republican and Democrats out of the conversation. What I'm saying is we have to outsmart the system a little bit. So we maybe instead of talking ideology, Republican and Democrats or conservative, or liberal, whatever, let's just put that all over there and say, you know what, we're not going to do that, man. We're going to talk about America first. How do we deal with America first? We want low crime. We want a prosperous economy. We want we want safe borders. We want to be able to raise our children. We want to be able to do all these things properly. That's not so radical, Mike. No, not radical at all. It's it's taking care of business and the individuals take care of their own business. Parents take care of their own children and take back control from these school boards who want to pretend like they know what's best for your children. Yeah, I think we're on to something. I think we're on to something here with this with this America first Americanism. We've got to put something forward of that magnitude and let get rid of the Republican Democrat garbage, which does nobody any good because it's all dysfunctional. And quite frankly, a lot of it is a uniparty to begin with. Jordana, now over to you on this education. Uh, all right. So, uh, I, you know, they continue to I'd say we're surprised at this point. But how the hell could we be surprised when we've seen what's happened? The problem is 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 massive in size and scope. You know, the problem more than anybody, Jordana, you speak about it passionately. And the problem is, is that we've lost now at least a couple or three generations uh, of indoctrination to a really high degree uh, and we're struggling now to get any to make any sense out of all of this. This is not going to be an easy fix with what's transpired. And back to this dupus, Miguel Cardona, the education secretary, uh, saying the parents don't have a say in it. That seems to be the narrative coming from the left. Uh, what's the short order? Give you a moment here to tell us what's the short order back on this problem. So that it's actually, I you know, I, I've been listening to you all. It's actually easier fixed than you can imagine. In 2020, uh, first of all, school boards uh, races, at least here in Maryland, the one that I uh, ra- that that I handled in in 2020, uh, when I changed the entire school board, the superintendent and so forth at the time, uh, it's a nonpartisan position. So individuals running for school boards, you don't know whether they're Republican or a Democrat. That's the first thing. So it's a nonpartisan position in the first place. Our mission at the time was no politics in school. But where things get muddied is the political. It's not the Democrat as the Republicans you're talking about America first. It's the complete ideology that's been promoted insidiously through school system. And instead of America first, the ideology behind promoting socialist and Marxist uh, things, it's something that's called community. They are promoting, quote, collectivism. It's collectivism. Now, when you go to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, then you can define what collectivism is. But many people think it's about community. So you are slowly denigrating individualism, your individual rights, parental rights with this collectivism, which they falsely identify as a care for community. 
All that dissipates the constitutional uh, framework that our founders created with the individual rights and bill of rights. And that is sort of off the off the table. We talk about in schools about this divisiveness between genders and races. And that was the issue that we had, Mm -hmm. which are not political, by the way. Those issues are social. And so those were the problems we I encountered two years, three years ago in 2020. Now, for your audience to know, my husband sits as he's the president of the school board. Once we changed the school board, wow. once we were able to change the school board and once we were able to follow the, the local rules and the laws that, that the state of Maryland, who is, by the way, two third Democrat in the House and in the Senate, right. by following literally the Democrat rules, we were able to fix the school board because we were fixing the social issues more than anything. It's becoming very convoluted between what is the social issue and what is the politics, you know, Republicans and Democrats. I think that it started with removing the pornographic books from uh, from libraries and parents were justifiably upset. Yeah. But we brought those things to the table. It was like, you know, what there is this if this is a social and not political issue that we can all agree that. Of course, they make issue. everything political, Jordana. But that's they just, make yeah. everything. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. we fixed that. And yeah. it was literally wow. uh, within. I'm going to tell you within about right. a year after they, the new board go, got sworn in and then right. out they, they elected the new superintendent and it took a while. We are the number one performing school in the state of Maryland. And you know, uh, I, I want to do a case study on this at some point. Uh, we got to have a conversation off mic. Uh, I'd love to have you and your husband on talk about this uh, as a case study. Uh, this is really very cool stuff. What you're talking about here. This is something we could talk about nationally, right? I am going to tell your audience there's hope, but there is hope. Things can turn really quickly. And I will reflect back to President Trump's words recently when he was talking to one of those. uh, It can be fixed quickly. This is not something that cannot be fixed, that takes forever, decades. Yes, we do have a decade of uh, uh, depreciating knowledge in America, but we can fix this really, really quickly. It's not hard. It's just the will. It's just the will to do it. Speaking about Trump there and the segue to that is interesting because, uh, and I want to get over to Mark uh, Sherwood here a moment here. Mark, uh, and Jordana, that was amazing what she just shared with, with listeners. Uh, really appreciate that. And But in her reference to Trump there, you know, Trump is seen as a canoe rocker, a deal uh, br- maker and a deal breaker, actually. He's considered an extremist and a radical uh, because he stands for a lot of America first principles that uh, you know, is a turn on to a lot of Americans, clearly, uh, that understand things are pretty broken and they need to be fixed. Well, right now in Colorado, uh, they are trying to keep him off the ballot right now, the 2024 presidential ballot. And he was just hit in the last day or so. A judge issued a protective order in a lawsuit to bar the uh, uh, the former president from uh, talking about this stuff. They, they're calling it banning threats and intimidation. We're seeing Jack Smith uh, try to do that uh, nationally on these other cases he's got going on. I want to ask you, Mark, uh, just if your crystal ball is handy there for you. Uh, so right now it's a race to either the White House. Does Trump get there first or does an indictment happen first? Uh, and they're trying to keep him off in any way they can. Obviously, it's pretty safe to say he is a threat to the system. Uh, do you think he is this 2024? Where's your heart on this? Do you think they're successful in um 
get them indicted before he gets there, because if he gets there, you know, he's going to pardon. And he, and he can do that no matter what they say. What do you say to this uh, quandary here we're faced with right now in regards to Donald Trump? Well, I do think that um, quite potentially there's liable to be, you know, legal things happen before the election. But I don't think that they're going to derail the hearts of the American people. I echo what Mike and uh, Gordana said in, in the idea that the American people are strong, they're resilient. And I'm not talking about the Republicans, Democrats. I'm talking about those people, the people that are sick and tired of the nonsense. And so it's going to be challenging the 2024 election. I do think he'll be on the ballot. I do think he'll be the nominee. That's what my gut tells me at this point. People can disagree with that. And, but it's going to be challenging because of the election issues, a whole other issue another day. But we have to hold out hope and we cannot put all of our hope. This is cautious flag number one in Donald Trump to be the fixer of all things because of what we talked about earlier. We have to continue to get involved locally and look yourself in the mirror, folks, and, and find out what your call, what your involvement is and get in the fight amen amen uh you know i wish we had another hour here i i clearly do uh we should have put did, did the whole program this way the full hour now and we need another hour on top of that hour <laughs> there's so much to talk about even in immigration and things in our sovereignty and things that uh but i think you understand uh, my fellow americans the uh, situation how dire it is at this very very moment uh, these are great voices here. Tremendous thank you, big time, to Dr. Mark Sherwood, to Jordana Schifanelli, to Michael McCarthy. Uh, you get a good beat. They're in all areas of the country. They're they're in the, the, the all areas. They're in the north. They're in the west, the Midwest. Uh, and so you really get, I think, a pretty good uh, feeling of the temperature in our country. Again, I had no pre-context to talk about this stuff in advance. I had no idea what they would say. I just know they're passionate about America is all I do know. Uh, but they could have said something entirely separate. So, uh, But I, I think you hear their truth. If they're a measurement about where uh, Americans are right now, and if 75% of them do really believe we are on the wrong trajectory as a nation that we're failing, we need some, uh, some hope uh, and opportunity for the future as we are failing in our country right now. And we can feel it. Everybody can feel it. Democrats, independents, Republicans. And of course, the communists are, are gleeful about this. Uh, you got to remember what I told you during the week here. 80% of America is going to be red, really solid people and uh, throughout the map. But 80% uh, are, are going to love this country. And they both Republicans, Democrats, and independents. 20% are going to be communists. Problem is, within that 20% is the bureaucratic state who is running. They have the rudder, and they're running us right into the freaking ground. And that is the problem of what we have right now, my fellow Americans. It is time that we, the people, take control of what this is, and uh, or there will be no country left. And 2026 will be a sad reminder at the semi-quincentennial of what America was. It will be a dividing line of the first 250 years and now the next whatever as a communist state. And I don't say have any pleasure in putting that out there, but it is a fact. Big thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's all back at AmericaOutloud.news. You must help us share the out loud truth. We are fighting for liberty and justice for all. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. <laughs>